Hello, Merry Christmas and welcome to another episode of Let's Be Together. This is the Brummy podcast that's going to keep you up to date as we deal with the impact of coronavirus in Birmingham. I'm Chris Kovalevsky, I'm from the Council's communications team and I'll be acting as your host throughout this series. Today we're welcoming you to our Christmas special. In this episode, we'll be providing updates from around the council and keeping you in the know about what will be happening around the city as we head to our break. Before we get underway with this podcast, just a quick note to say that since it was recorded, the government has announced changes to the relaxation of restrictions around how we can celebrate Christmas. The plan that will enable you to celebrate the festive period and an extended bubble of three households was due to run from the 23rd to the 27th of December. That's now been changed to just the big day itself, Christmas Day, the 25th of December. Also, this was recorded before the tier system was expanded to include a new fourth tier that currently covers London and parts of the southeast. At present, this doesn't impact Birmingham. First, though, the leader of the council, Councillor Ian Ward, has donned his Sunday best to give us his thoughts and reflections on the year to date. 2020 has not been the year any of us wanted or expected. It's been a tough 12 months for all of us and for far too many people across Birmingham. This has been a year of anxiety, fear and grief. But we've also seen Birmingham at its very best, with families pulling together, neighbours looking out for each other and communities showing real strength and spirit. It has been a year for heroes, from our NHS staff and other frontline workers, including council staff, to carers, community groups, faith groups and volunteers. And I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's played a part, whether it's big or small. We can all be truly proud of Birmingham's collective response to the pandemic and the way we have supported each other gives me confidence that our city can and will bounce back in 2021. For now, the danger hasn't passed and we still have to do everything we can to stay safe and protect the people and communities of Birmingham. So do enjoy Christmas if you're celebrating and please have a happy and healthy New Year. Well, I'd wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. 2020 definitely has been a strange year, to say the least, and we all need to stay alert to the dangers that COVID brings as we head into the holidays. So good afternoon. I'm Clara Day and I'm a kidney doctor at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham, where I'm also one of the assistant medical directors. And I'm involved in the exciting project of rolling out the COVID vaccine to the whole of our population in Birmingham and Sully Hall. It gives us news at the end of what has been, obviously for all of us, in 2020, a really difficult time and gives us the first step to beginning to get back to some sort of normal life. And like everywhere else in the country, we're right on the brink of rolling out the vaccine now to all our population. And we have several methods of doing that um, because this is a massive job and really we've got to deliver 10 times the number of vaccines that we would normally deliver for flu 
And so a really huge job to uh, get everybody who's vulnerable vaccinated. So people ask me how they are going to be able to get hold of the vaccine. And the we've setting up several ways of being able to do that. So first of all, your GP is going to be able to offer you the vaccine in many areas of the city. Secondly, if you or your relative are in a care home or are housebound, we will set up services so that people can receive the vaccine in the care home or in their homes. And then thirdly, we're setting up some large sites for people to go and have their uh, vaccine done also, and those will be in various uh, areas across the city. People also wonder who is eligible for the vaccine and when they will get it. And we've had very clear guidance really from the scientific community um, and the government around who should uh, have the vaccine in what order. And they're based it really very purely on the people who are at greatest risk of suffering from COVID. And we know that unfortunately, that the older you are, the more severe and serious infection with COVID-19 can be. And we also know that it has been a huge problem in care homes uh, across the country because of the age of the residents. So the first people to be offered it are residents of care homes and the care home staff, both because the staff are more vulnerable because they might be in contact with patients, but also to protect the very vulnerable members of society who they're looking after. And then it's people who are over 80 and health and social care workers who work on patient facing roles. So and that is a very broad definition from uh, nurses and doctors who work in hospitals to uh, nurses and doctors in general practice to uh, care home staff and domiciliary care workers and all sorts of people who work providing um, health care and uh, social care for our population. It will then go down in age groups, um, but the people who are have been in the shielded cat category, as it was previously called, now extremely clinical vulnerable, come in quite quickly um, as the age categories go down. So we, as a, as a city, will be calling you or letting you know when it's time for your vaccine as we work our way through these cohorts as more and more vaccine becomes available. So don't think that you've been forgotten. We will obviously be in contact with you via your GP or in fact via a uh, letter from the government when we have a national booking system with instructions for you as to how you might uh, get hold of the vaccine. I'm also asked quite a lot as to how we can be sure that this vaccine is safe because it's been developed so quickly. And I can understand people's concerns around that. But the reason why we have the vaccine so quickly is because around the world, it's been recognised as to how important to have a vaccine is so that we can begin to get back to normal life. So many thousands of people across the world have been recruited into trials and we've never had recruitment into vaccine trials like this across the world. And that's why we're able to get these uh, vaccines out so quickly. The trials have been done on huge numbers of volunteers, far more than we would normally have in vaccine trials. And then the 
independent regulation agencies in this country have uh, assessed all the data and made sure that it's as safe as it can be when we're rolling it out. I'm also asked about possible side effects. And as with all vaccines, that's, you know, when we have a flu vaccine, you can get a bit of a sore arm for a few days. And because what a vaccine does is stimulate the immune system, you can feel a little bit under the weather for a day or two, although that certainly doesn't happen to everybody. And there's also two vaccines in this um, treatment as opposed to just the one for flu vaccine. And we know about um, childhood vaccines where you have to have more than one to make sure that your immune system is boosted as much as possible so that if you do uh, come across the virus that your immune system is really ready and primed to attack the virus as soon as uh, it infects you. So I'm really hopeful that after what we all can only describe as a really appalling year can be uh, helped by us going in the right direction with this vaccine so that we it can begin to get ourselves back to normal life. We have to get as many people as possible vaccinated to reduce the circulation of the virus. And I'd really encourage you to look at official websites, either the NHS one or the government websites, to take in the information from the experts about the vaccine and to go along and have it if you're offered it. Recently, Michelin-starred TV chef Glyn Pennell teamed up with Birmingham City Council to host a virtual cook-along. The show was in aid of the alternative giving scheme that helps rough sleepers called Change Into Action. The cook-along was a weekend-style cooking show featuring a number of local Brummie chefs, including Glyn, cooking up their favourite recipes for viewers at home to recreate. Here's an interview with Councillor Sharon Thompson, Cabinet Member for Homes and Neighbourhoods, who's been involved with the project. Hi, Councillor Thompson. Tell me, why was it so important to have a fundraiser like this? What a fantastic fundraiser it was, and thank you to all the chefs that took part. It's really important that we had something different, a new type of fundraiser. And as you know, it's been really, really difficult for many people over the course of the pandemic. But more so concerning has been for the rough sleepers across the city. And over this pandemic, I have to say, it has been a real game changer. And I think part of the reason for that is because the first national lockdown that we had that was pushed on the country, we was told to bring all the rough sleepers in across the country as quickly as possible, pretty much in one weekend. And we helped in Birmingham over 140 people with accommodation. And the number of people rough sleeping in Birmingham has dramatically declined. I have to say that's because of an, an extraordinary amount of resources, money that's gone into supporting them in the right places and also an extra effort from our serve commission services and those that support those that are out there sleeping rough on a day-to-day -day basis. So Change Into Action is an alternative giving scheme that we launched some time ago and it's where our outreach teams and homeless charities can call on us to get some funding if they need help for someone who's sleeping rough. And 100% of that money goes towards individuals who are rough sleeping. There's a range of things that the money can be spent on. And sometimes we get applications for things that are small, like phone credit or a bus pass. And sometimes it's things where 
helping people to get a tenancy deposit or even furniture for when they move into their home from having been homeless and on the streets. So it's really worthwhile and it's really valuable. And it's one of the projects that we are particularly proud of. Helping so many people off the streets in the first lockdown, it's meant most of the funds previously raised have been all used up, but there is still more that we need to do. And that's why we're reaching out to people and asking the good people of Birmingham to please keep on donating. Fantastic, yes. So what idea and sort of why specifically, I suppose, a cook-along? I have to say one thing about Birmingham and one thing that we are known for is our food scene, whether that's different cultures, whether that's on the high streets, whether it's our restaurants. And we are so lucky that we have five Michelin star restaurants here in the city. So it just seemed like a really good opportunity. And I think with the way that things were with lockdown and with the pandemic and us in Birmingham still being in tier three, restaurants haven't been able to open. So we really wanted to reach out to that industry and speak to people in hospitality. And I was so pleased that those that we asked really wanted to come forward, get involved, help to raise money for homeless people and raise awareness around some of the issues. So some of our most inspirational chefs here in Birmingham took part. They got to showcase some of their wonderful, easy to cook recipes that we can all do at home. We've had great feedback and it's a fantastic cause for change into action. Great. Yes. So what does the future look like for rough sleeping in Birmingham? Well, I've been responsible for homelessness in Birmingham for a few years now. And I have to say, this is the first time that we've really seen the momentum gain in the right direction. Um, And I think there's a number of reasons for that. Two years ago, our annual count in 2018 showed us that we had 91 people sleeping rough on the street on that night. Now, that's just a snapshot into rough sleeping. And we really worked hard from that point to try to make sure that we could better support, better help people to get back into accommodation and off the street. And last year, after all the hard work that went in through Birmingham City Council, a number of charities and commission services and people across Birmingham, we managed to get that down to 52. Now, that's a significant drop, but it's not where we need to be. And we've still got a long way to go. So I'd like to thank all of those that have been involved with all the hard work, whether that's our teams, our partners, that has helped us to get this significant drop. I think the other thing that has helped it to move in the right direction is that we've put a plan together, which has been really based around trying to push forward on prevention work. And we're helping to, that is helping to stop people become homeless in the first place. But we still have a lot of challenges that come up on a daily basis. We need to keep working hard and supporting individuals in the right way to move into accommodation, but also to help to get that help from the public. How do you give money to those that are rough sleeping that makes a massive difference? And we need to make sure we're helping people in a supportive and the right way. And that means rather than perhaps giving directly to someone who's sleeping rough, you could give to change into action where we make sure that those specific individuals get the right help at the right time when it's requested. And all of the money, as I said, goes 100% to supporting rough sleepers. There's no administration costs or anything else that's taken out of that fund. And we, we like to spend the money that way because it helps to make a positive difference and sustainable change in their lives.
Fantastic. And I suppose, how do we watch the cook along? And most importantly, how do we donate to Change Into Action? Well, the cook along show is free to watch. You can go to the council's YouTube page and you can watch that, watch it back there. As I said, we've had some really good feedback and it's been a really good show to watch. So I'd encourage people to go there and have a look. But you can also donate to Change Into Action by going to the website, which is changeintoaction.org.uk and hit the donate button now. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Councillor Thompson. And back to you, Chris. Hi, I'm Justin Varney. I'm the Director of Public Health for Birmingham City Council. I'm afraid I'm probably far too familiar with many of you since the last year has really brought public health to the forefront of all our minds. COVID pandemic has spread across the city and across the world. This Christmas is going to be different because of COVID and it's really important that as we go into the Christmas period and the festive celebrations, whether that's Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa, um, that we keep in mind that COVID is still as dangerous as it was in the summer. It's still as infectious. And that all those simple steps that we take to stop the spread are just as important at Christmas as they are at any other time of the year. There are some flexibilities around uh, the Christmas period. You can form an exclusive Christmas bubble composed of people from no more than three households, and that includes your own household. So you can bubble with two other households. You can only form one bubble as a household. So I'm afraid that means the whole family, the whole house have to decide who the other two houses you're going to join with. Um, and you can only meet your Christmas bubble in private homes, places of worship or public outdoor spaces. So I'm afraid the Christmas bubble doesn't extend to those areas of the country where hospitality is open. You can continue to meet people who aren't in your Christmas bubble outside in, in line with the rules of six. And if you form a Christmas bubble, you should not meet with people outside your Christmas bubble in terms of going into their house or their private garden. So I think there's important that we all take this seriously, that we all play our part and, and also that we think carefully about who we're going to form a bubble with. You know, as I said at the beginning, the virus is no less dangerous than it was back in the summer. It's particularly dangerous to those who are elderly it's particularly dangerous to people who have disabilities and ex severe long-term conditions. So although many of us have really struggled with not seeing our parents or our grandparents over the last year, we do have to weigh up the risk and we have to think very carefully about whether this Christmas is worth trading off for next Christmas or the Christmases that come after. So if you are going to meet in a Christmas bubble, it's really important that you uh, do keep your distance, you keep washing your hands. And where you are inside, it's important you do try and keep the windows open, keep the fresh air going and keep washing your hands. And if anyone develops symptoms, then please go to the NHS website or ring 119 and get a test. There's plenty of testing appointments uh, across the city and across the country. And the sooner you test, the sooner you can get the right advice to look after yourself and your families. This Christmas is going to be different for all of us. And whether you're out and about shopping, whether you're staying in your Christmas bubble or whether you're staying at home alone, I hope that you look after your mental health as well as your physical health. 
because it's really important that we recognise that all of us get lonely at difficult times of the year like this. And although many people have friends and family that they can celebrate with, whether in person or virtually, many people don't. And, and for many of us, this brings back all of those feelings of isolation. So I'd really ask everyone to make that little effort of reaching out to someone that you do know who lives on their own or that might be facing a particularly challenging period this festive season and just touch base and say hi. Send a Christmas card and write something in more, more in it than just the happy Christmas best wishes. Turn it into a meaningful letter. Reach out and connect with someone and give them the gift of your time this Christmas because it does make a difference. And it could really make a difference to someone who is lonely and isolated this festive season. Earlier this month, I had the pleasure of going to the council's Montague Street Waste Depot to see the first of 76 new bin wagons that will be collecting rubbish from the city's homes in the years to come. While I was there, I caught up with Councillor John O'Shea, Cabinet Member for Street Scene and Parks, also known as the man in charge of bin collections, to find out what the plans were for households this Christmas. I'm here with Councillor John O'Shea, Cabinet Member for Street Scene and Parks. We're heading into the Christmas period, so there's always changes to the bin collections in Birmingham. Can you summarise those for people listening to this show? Yeah, well, what we've got is we're not going to be doing collections at all on Christmas Day. That's Friday the 25th. But on Monday the 28th of December and Friday the 1st of January 2021, we'll be doing household collections as normal. All other collections will carry on as scheduled throughout the week. Also got our five household recycling centres open as normal throughout the Christmas period, with the exception of Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And please don't forget to book online. That's an important message about booking online. And just to be clear there, in terms of the days that are affected, on Monday the 28th of December and Friday the 1st of January, it is household rubbish only. It is. There'll be no recycling collections at all on those two dates. Every other day will be as normal. So the advice for people who don't have recycling collections on those days is? You need to leave your waste and we'll collect it at the next planned recycling day, which will be a fortnight away. People might be concerned between Christmas and New Year that they're making or creating, I should say, a lot of rubbish and it might not get taken away. So what is the advice there for people? Well, our crews will take a reasonable amount of side waste away. So if you leave it bagged up beside your bin, they will clear it. And by reasonable, we're looking at how many bags? One or two black bags. Christmas is, of course, the time of year that people always look forward to. But this year, the strange year that has been 2020, it's probably a time of year that we're all looking forward to more than ever. So we caught up with Councillor Wasim Zaffer, the Council's Cabinet Member for Transport and Environment, and Anne Shaw, Director of Network Resilience for Transport for West Midlands, to get some top travel tips to stay safe during these times. So season's greetings everyone. In this part of the episode, we're gonna be talking about all things travel related as we approach the festive season. Birmingham entered tier three restrictions. So we'll be discussing what this means for Christmas shopping and visiting family and providing some top tips on using public transport, walking, cycling, scooting and driving, and how we can all continue to be playing a part in keeping our friends family and neighbours safe when out and about. So without further ado, let's introduce our guests. I'd like to welcome Councillor Wasim Zaffer, Birmingham City Council's Cabinet Member for Transport and Environment, 
and Anne Shaw, Director of Network Resilience for Transport for West Midlands. Birmingham went into Tier 3 restrictions, as we said. Um, what does that mean for people travelling in the lead up to Christmas? So I'll go to you first, Anne. Yeah, so obviously in Tier 3, there are still some travel restrictions. So uh, always follow the government guidance. Don't make unnecessary journeys if you don't have to. If you can work from home, uh, then please do so as part of that as well. Uh, and then that helps us to preserve some capacity on our public transport, particularly for those who do need to go to work. Um, and uh, have to run the public transport system to do that. And of course, all the public transport is still operating, uh, operating safely as well. We've got extra cleaning regimes on there uh, and all of our tram stops and bus stops and bus stations, etc., cetera, uh, are all well signposted and particularly uh, around keeping social distancing uh, measures in place as part of that as well. Brilliant. And Councillor Zaffer, any, any advice for travelling? Yeah, I agree with everything that Anne said. Um, and I think we're a the local council, the regional authority and the government are absolutely united on ensuring that our um, residents get about their day to day business in the safest possible way. We'd really encourage all of us would encourage people to walk and cycle as often as they can, um, you know, try and avoid sharing cars with others. Um, and, and also uh, leave, leave public transport for those that absolutely need it. So, you know, whatever you can get about, walk and cycle. You know, Birmingham City Council uh, and the Combined Authority have done a lot of work in with the pop-up cycle lanes, um, low traffic neighbourhood measures. We bought into a number of neighbourhoods, making it safe for, safer for people to walk and cycle in those neighbourhoods. So I hope people can get out there and utilise uh, the, the, the new infrastructure that we've introduced. Exactly. Um, and... So it's all very well kind of saying um, stay at home where possible, but obviously um, one of the big changes with the new restrictions is that retail has reopened. Um, so people will be looking to do a bit of Christmas shopping. What are the travel options for, for people who want to do that? Um, we'll go to Councillor Zaffa first. Well, Tara, there's, there's, there's lots of ways that people can travel in. Um, you know, people can walk, people can cycle. We've got the e-scooters pilot in Birmingham. Um, which is just expanded out from the city centre into the north and the south and the west of the city too. So there, there are a lot of options uh, for those wishing to to come into the, the city centre. But there's also, you know, we just also strongly encourage people uh, to take up uh, offers on the, the local high street. Uh, it's really important that we support local businesses wherever possible, particularly coming out of this pandemic where the business community have been hit substantially. So um, if you can shop locally, if you you know if you can go into your local high street, please do so. Um, so there's a variety of ways that people can travel in a in a safe way. We've got to still remember we are in a pandemic, and it's really really important that we still adhere to the the basic guidelines of the government: wash your hands, social distance, and and cover your faces. It's really really important we continue to maintain those safety measures. Very sensible advice. And what about you? Yes, as I've already said, our public transport is still working for everybody that needs to use it. I, I think the key message here is to plan ahead uh, as well. Try and avoid busy times if you can. So uh, if you are coming out shopping uh, during the week, maybe uh, avoid times when people are coming in and out of work uh, as well or school times. Um, make sure you do, as Councillor Zappa says as well, particularly wearing your face covering on public transport is really important. And of course, if you're going to be driving into town, again, really urge people to plan ahead. Uh, there's obviously been quite a bit of roadworks that have been happening whilst people may have been out and away from our uh, town and city centres. 
Uh, so plan your journey, uh, look for where car parking is uh, and just make sure you can keep yourself safe whilst you're out on the network. Brilliant, thanks Anne. For the pandemic hit, Birmingham was preparing for its clean air zone. However, the launch date was postponed due to COVID-19. More recently, a new date was set. Why is this continuing to go ahead despite COVID have, having a huge impact? Well, Tara, um, coming into COVID, we had a public health crisis and illegal and unsafe levels of air quality. Uh, coming out of this pandemic next year, we will still have that public health crisis of air pollution being uh, in excess of legal limits and contributing to over 1,000 uh, premature deaths in our city of Birmingham. Uh, so the government mandated clean air zone is absolutely the right way forward. Uh, we postponed it um, when we went into this pandemic because we knew uh, whilst we were in this pandemic, it would have been inapp inappropriate to launch this. But come June next year, um, we'll be through this difficult time. Uh, and I think it's really important that we work with our communities to support them, you know, in the in the, in the introduction of this, this project. Uh, and that's why we've got um, a considerable amount of um, mitigations and exemptions and financial incentives for communities to benefit from well in advance to help them get uh, where they're driving non-compliant vehicles to get them compliant and that extra support they need. Uh, so I'd strongly encourage listeners to uh, visit our website, the brumbreeds.co.uk website, where all the financial incentives and mitigations and exemptions uh, and the information related to them is available on, on, those, on, the, on the particular website. So it's really important uh, as we move forward um, that we have a and our, and our clear aspir aspirations to tackle those environmental challenges, to have a uh, fit and healthy, um, um, uh, a city with fit and healthy people, where we're reversing health inequalities. The, the, the government mandated clean air zone will play an instrumental role in ensuring that. Brilliant. Um, and I think we've seen throughout this year, a lot of stuff being closed, um, a lot of stuff on hold. Um, from your point of view and the roles that you have, how has the pandemic affected transport and infrastructure projects, for example? Have they been halted at all? Um, we'll go to Councillor Zaffa first. Yeah, quite clearly, um, the, the pandemic has made an impact, but we, we are proceeding wherever possible with the projects. Um, so the, the, the A34 highways project in, in Peribar, which is so important for many of us, uh, that is currently on time, it's on budget. Uh, we'll be making the the we'll be taking the 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 flyover next to one stop down um, in early February as planned, um, and there's a number of other highway projects right across the city that continue. And at the same time, we've also brought forward um, the emergency Birmingham transport plan measures, um, where we've introduced pop-up cycle lanes, low traffic neighbourhood measures, um, expanded uh, temporarily expanded pavements. Uh, in bottleneck areas within High Street, so there's a there's a lot of work that we've been able to do during the the pandemic, uh, and and obviously the the work on the, um, the the metro's work continues on on the Broad Street, and we've been able to advance that substantially whilst uh, we're still um, in, in in this pandemic because it's been Broad Street's been quieter than normal, uh, so there's been uh, considerable disadvantages and challenges, but there's also been some advantages too. Okay, and Anne, what about from your point of view? Yeah, just, just to confirm that as well, you know, we've gained something like six months on the delivery programme for Metro in Broad Street, taking advantage of uh, whilst that's quiet, we can get quite a lot of work done. So 
when Broad Street reopens and the, the, the pubs and the clubs and uh, all of those things uh, are back open and available, actually Metro Works can be out of the way as quickly as possible. Uh, and I think that will help with our recovery as well. Some real advantages around that as well. Um, and we, we took a slight pause at the very beginning uh, of, of um, uh, back in March just to make sure that we could be safe. So working uh, under COVID uh, restrictions as part of that to keep the workforce safe uh, as well. Um, so once we've uh, organised all of that, we've been able to crack on with quite a lot of stuff, as Councillor Zaffer's just said. So the Metro extension, the, the cycling pop-up lanes, uh, and then work behind the scenes as well to, to plan for um, those longer term cycling things as well. That'll be delivered in the city uh, and around the rest of the region as well. So now that we've been allocated that funding, we've got those projects in a good state uh, in order to get them delivered. And other things like HS2's work. Uh, as, as continued to progress uh, and Highways England's uh, work on the motorway network. So things uh, uh, helping us do that as well. And I think at the very beginning, whilst we had some of those low traffic levels uh, as well, really enabled us to sort of crack on and get some things uh, done and dusted and out of the way so that when we get back into the recovery uh, and hopefully uh, back towards normal life in 2021, uh, we won't have so much disruption on our network from all of those roadworks as well. So obviously it's been a, a very different year um, and I'm sure the number one concern um, amongst um, children of Birmingham is how Santa is going to get around um, and get all the presents to everybody this year. How is TFWM helping? Yeah, so we're making sure through our Regional Transport Coordination Centre that we're keeping a really close eye on the network. Uh, we can be telling Santa when it's busy, when it's not busy as well, so that he can avoid other people uh, and help us uh, with social distancing as part of that as well. Uh, so we'll be feeding all of that information to him to make sure that he can travel around here in the region uh, well and uh, get to see everybody that he needs to see. Great news. So there you go. Sam Santa's journey will not be blighted by 2020. <laughs> Well, thank you both. Um, I think that's everything from us. So, Councillor Zephyr, Anne, thank you for taking the time. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone listening and hope we have a, a different and a fantastic 2021. Well, that's everything from us for this episode. Thanks for everyone that took the time to talk to us. Remember, if you've got any questions, please get in touch with us on the council's social media channels and do use the hashtag Let's Be Together. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas and as ever, please keep safe.